Hello, and welcome to the third season of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome to the program. Today, we get back on track with a short series on marriage. As I told you a couple of weeks ago, the way to improve, to make gains in every marriage, can be summed up in six words. If you just improve in one of these areas, you will see results. If you're able to work on all of them at the same time, and you can do that, you may see things happen in your home that you never even imagined. We started this two weeks ago with two words, the mirror and the triangle. Now, I promised you I wouldn't use half the episode recapping what we've already done, and I'm going to stand by that. Briefly, in 30 seconds or less, those were about you evaluating yourself taking an honest look in the mirror at who you are and your part in the family. And then as we moved into the triangle, we started looking at the relationship, you and your spouse, you and this other person. But instead of looking at their progress, we talked about how you can move toward God. And if you do that and they do that, the results are off the charts. But even if you're the only one Who grows closer to the Lord, it changes your perspective and helps you see your mate in a better way. Okay, so we were going to continue that last week, but I got really excited about the weekend in Florida and talked to you about roots and trees and fruit and all of that. Thank you for the good feedback on that digression. And now we're back. Today's episode will revolve around two more words, the strategy and the secret. That second thing has done more for my marriage than anything else I could share with you, but it has to come on the heels of establishing the right kind of strategy. Most importantly, in today's episode, you will begin to turn the focus away from self-examination and your growing faith, and you will begin to look at things in terms of we or our Assessing your growth and the improvement of your home by what the both of you are able to do together, by mutual progress. We're talking this week about investing in your relationship. In some ways, this means putting the self-evaluation to the side for a moment. The next time you're with your spouse, it's not just, okay, what should I be doing? What is my part in this? What should I say next? And it starts to move towards how do we establish this strategy that can position us to grow together? How do we exploit the gravity of the secret to become more united? And you know, being united is where this entire thing began. The two shall become one flesh. Two candles become one. Two very messy jars of sand get poured into one container. As I've said before, blue Play-Doh and pink Play-Doh is now one new blue-blink color. We are one. There is no longer a me or you. 
It's us now. And that's where the strategy begins. I wonder what you think of when you hear the word strategy. Usually it means a game plan to victory. Everybody loves to win. No one enjoys losing. So whatever game you're playing, you need a strategy that can guarantee victory. More seriously, strategies are applied to war, not games. Battles, where winning and losing can be the difference between life and death, freedom and slavery, and you have to form a strategy so that your side can defeat the adversary. All too often in marriages, the strategy is one person against the other. Each person in the marriage taking opposite sides of some issue or direction, rallying up troops to defend their position. He strategizes with his best friend about how to get what he wants at his wife's expense. She is strategizing with her mother about what she deserves and how she is to go about getting it. All too often in counseling, I hear a lot about strategizing, positioning, and winning. The problem is there's a man on one side of the battle line and his wife on the other. Listen carefully. The strategy that will change your marriage is us against the world. My wife, Summer, and I agreed on that a long time ago. If there has to be a battle, if someone must win and someone else lose, we will always be on the same team. We will not battle for position against one another. Certainly, we sometimes disagree, but people on one side of an army may have disagreements on how to move forward, but they don't battle each other. They don't turn the other person into an enemy. Even in the brotherhood, as we're fighting against Satan and his devices, we sometimes disagree on things. But we know that we're on Jesus' team and that there's a mission at hand. At least, you know, we're supposed to. And maybe that's the way it is in marriage. Intellectually, you know what I'm saying is correct, but all too often, that line that gets drawn in the sand is between you. It's time to have an honest conversation in your marriage. Let's make sure if we must fight, we will fight together. Summer and I decided many, many years ago, we don't want to fight with our parents, hers nor mine. We don't want to fight with the rest of our family or our friends or neighbors or anyone, but we will fight them all together before we fight against one another. It's us against the world. I was thinking today about that great passage in the book of Ecclesiastes where it talks about how two are better than one. When one falls down, the other one is there to pick them up. When one is cold, the other one is there to warm them up. We are in this together to help one another. We made that agreement. We took that vow. And when you take those two chords together and you add the third chord of God, the top of the triangle, who can stand against us? You know, that's the way our marriages started with that great hope of unity and maybe a sense of restoration in that is in order. I'm not saying you will agree on everything. I mentioned that earlier. But I will not push you away. I will not compete against you. 
And there are some great practicalities to this. We're raising four kids. Our oldest just got married. Three more are still at home. I don't believe they have ever heard us argue. I'm not sure my children have ever witnessed a fight. Now, lots of times it's us against them, by the way. They are the world sometimes, the way they push our buttons and the things that they want. And if we let them divide us, do you think they would do it? Listen, kids just want what they want. They would definitely do that. If we have a disagreement, we discuss it together. Let me say that again. We disagree. Maybe I want to side with Nicholas on something and she wants to side with Ella. But we discuss our disagreements together. We unite on what we think is right and we make a unified decision. My children have no illusions that they can divide one parent against the other. I sincerely hope that my friends know that and so do our parents. And I believe that they do. Now, I need to say something about this before we move on. It can also be very dangerous when you decide that it's the two of you against the world no matter what. That is a powerful quality that can be used for evil. I remember a couple that I performed their wedding a handful of years ago, and one day one of them decided not to serve God or believe in God anymore. And the other one said, whatever you do, I do. And they both stopped serving God. And they pushed their parents away, and they've gone off into just a ridiculous life. And it truly is them against the world. It's that powerful. It can change everything about your life while you do it together. And that's why the triangle lesson came before the strategy. Because I, personally, am always marching towards closeness with God, and so is, Lord willing, my spouse. And so when we begin to strategize and we start getting our act together and we decide how we can get through this as one and who our enemies are, it will never be God. We want to use this power for good. It is a brilliant strategy when there are three chords, God included, and not just two. Okay, so listen, I have to tell you about the secret. I love it so much. It's a highlight of my life, and I know it will be a source of joy for you. Maybe you're listening to this thinking, my spouse and I, we have a lot of talking to do. We really need to sit and be honest with each other about some things. We probably need to reevaluate where we're going and how we're going to get there together. But we are so busy Maybe it's work or the kids or school activities or any number, innumerable number of things. You think, that sounds awesome, but I don't know how to get there from here. You must and you can if you will listen as I whisper to you one secret. Quality time. Quality time without question is the most important part of my 24-year marriage. We started off really good at it, and by the way, so did you. Remember when you were dating this person and how you just loved spending time together? You could just be taking a walk or sitting on the couch, going to the movies or having dinner. You didn't even have to talk about anything important. You just wanted to be together. There was really just this amazing power in being near one another. You fed off of it. You look forward to it, and you let nothing get in the way of it. 
You were totally annoying to all your friends and parents how much you just wanted to be together. Do you remember that? Well, we had that too. And then work, and then kids, and then life, and we rarely were able to just be together, to talk, to share, to feed off of that basic, amazing energy of just holding hands. But quite a few years ago, we made the decision to rekindle that. For us, it's one night every two weeks or something going out to dinner. A few years ago, we decided that her birthday is in the summer and mine is in the winter, and twice a year, we would just go away for a night. And then we extended it to two nights. And now we've got it because of a wonderful Nana and just tremendous people in our lives and the kids getting a little bit older. Now it's up to three nights. We've gone places. We've done things. And it doesn't have to cost a lot. It's just being together. And you know what? It became addictive again. We are like those annoying teenagers, she and I. We love to sit with the kids and do all of the things, but we really just want to be sitting there together. So we started capturing that in the mornings, early, before the kids got up. We can read or pray. We can speak. We can share our plans for the day. We can strategize on some big challenge that is upcoming. Quality time is crucial. I call it a secret because, as I said, most people remember it from long ago, and now they've totally forgotten it. There are so many couples that we counsel who come in to talk about all these problems and divisions and issues. And in the first class, I ask them, tell me about your quality time. Most of the time, they look at me like I've spoken a foreign language. So I have to break it down for them. You know what I mean about quality time. I mean time giving attention to one another without distractions. Maybe taking a walk, maybe going out to dinner, turning off the television, getting away from the kids, and just being together, looking into one another's eyes. And again, they can hardly ever, couples that are struggling, can hardly ever even come up with the last time that they did that. So, kind of like I'm doing with you, I give them this big spiel about self-evaluation and faithfulness and how you guys have to get back on the same side of the battle line and find out who the true enemy is and strategize. So, here is all I want you to do. This is literally all I ask from first counseling session to second one. I want you to set aside two quality time moments in the next seven days. I ask for the husband to plan one and make sure that it happens, and the wife to plan the other. I reinforce to them that we're not talking about spending a lot of money if you don't have a lot of money. We're not talking about hopping on the first plane to anywhere for two nights, at least not yet. Just rekindle the special moments that made you fall in love. So here's the thing, and this is what you have to consider as well. I feel like those couples leave every time believing in what they've just been told. But well over half the time, when we meet the next week, they could not do it. Not two private walks, not two dinners, not two nights in bed talking with the television off. And that makes me so sad, because that's the secret. 
So I want you to consider it, please. And it doesn't matter the state of your marriage. I believe Summer and I have always had a good marriage, but it is so much better now. The way we learn to crave quality time, it annoys our kids and I love it. In fact, I would say I'm addicted to it at this point. There is a richness that literally feels like we're still dating. And I don't want to get all preachy about raising your kids and influence on your family, but trust me when I tell you that that's the kind of stuff your kids need to see. When they get married, and people told me that eventually they would, and one of mine just did, I certainly hope she carries a passion for that with her husband that she saw in us. All right, it totally rocks that I have a couple of minutes left because I want you to explore with me three forms of biblical love. And the reason I want to share these with you is it will help you understand what this quality time should look like and where that time can be advocated. There are three kinds of love in Scripture. There is caring love, where you just do nice things for someone because they are a human being and you love like Christ loves. There is romantic love, which is more than just care, but it's also not sexual. It's just giving special attention to say to someone, you are beautiful, you are attractive, you are special, you are unique to me of all people on the earth. And then there is physical, sexual love, which of course is only explorable in righteousness in marriage. All of these are fair game when it comes to quality time with your spouse. You might think when you hear quality time, is that just having a conversation, like turning off the TV and listening for 10 minutes? Well, it may include that. But it also includes setting aside time for just the two of you to do something kind for that person just because you care about them. Setting aside real attention to show them that they are the most special person in the world to you. And yes, even making sure that the physical part of the relationship is constructive and enjoyable and special. Hey, you are an ESM overachiever, so your assignment this week is to set aside quality time that in some way links to each of those three things. Something caring, something romantic, and something physical. It always sounds funny to me trying to convince people in counseling sessions to do this stuff. It's the best. And it's all part of building a better marriage together by utilizing the power of the strategy and the secret. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.